This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, June 26, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. A boost of tens of billions of dollars in military spending comes just as the U.S. is projected to hit trillion-dollar deficits as far as the eye can see. So does this new spending truly enhance American security? Cato's Carolyn Dormany comments. We knew that the administration wanted to add a bunch of spending, but what are the House and Senate adding, or what have they added? Exactly. This is a huge increase. Um, The current appropriations bill right now for defense is about $675 billion for 2019. That's 606-ish billion for the base and then $68 billion for overseas contingency funds, basically um, anything that is going on in the Middle East, uh, a lot of day-to-day expenses that are being incurred um, will get paid for by that OCO fund. Um, But, you know, it's not just the administration asking for huge plus-ups. There are also still some congressional politics going on. Um, The House added in uh, a couple of extra littoral combat ships, which has... I think you know you know it's in the news it's it's that program is not performing uh the way that we hoped it would and and the administration only requested one and the house said well hmm, how about three so we're going to be spending about 1.6 billion dollars next year buying three of those if the house gets its way all right and it this is seems like it's fairly typical for uh the house and senate uh, over and above whatever the president requests in terms of military spending they add on things that then even the pentagon has to say well we didn't really care about getting this is there is there a, a do, is there any of that going on now absolutely i mean those types of debates are always happening you also have the services with um, unfunded priority lists of, you know, we would really love to have an extra three F-35s or we would really love to have um, an extra ship added in there. If you can find the money for us, please, Congress. Um, and you do you do get a little bit of that. Um, they're currently talking about, you know, a 2.6 percent pay raise for all military personnel, which is something that has been really highly requested by the services. So in part, it's good that that's actually happening. Um But the administration is also increasing um, both active and reservists. Um, So we're going to see, I think the numbers are 1.3 million active duty and and an increase to 800,000 reservists uh, with the FY19 budgets. Uh, Mike Lee of uh, Utah, the senator, uh, pitched an amendment that would have essentially ended unauthorized war in Yemen, that was voted down. Yeah, that was a very unfortunate um, loss because Mike Lee and and several other senators, Chris Murphy among them, uh, Rand Paul, have been pushing for more visibility on U.S. actions and Yemen and have been really fighting against the administration's um, kind of executive overreach in this department. And they've been trying through um, a variety of means this um you know, ending this latest uh, amendment and then for the NDAA. And then they've also tried several resolutions of disapproval pertaining to specific arms sales to the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Um, Last year, one very narrowly passed, I think it was 44 yeses in the Senate. And then this past year, there was another um, on some PGM precision guided munitions that almost passed, came so, so, so close at 47 yeses. Um, and so I think we're seeing 
more visibility on American actions in Yemen. And that's that's really going hand in hand with uh, more congressional action. So to what extent is uh, this boost in spending of $82 billion and change, um, to what extent is that being driven by whatever we believe the Pentagon uh, strategy ought to be? I, yeah, I think it's less um, what the strategy ought to be and kind of a reaction to a lot of the... um, the decreases or perceived decreases that happened under the Budget Control Act, which is still technically in force and will be in force until 2021, 2022-ish, depending on how long they extend it. Um, But I think a lot of, certainly this administration and a a lot of members in Congress believed that, you know, our, our military is being depleted, our military is being run down, and we need to spend more and more money because we've been under this you know, cover of sequestration. So we have to right this wrong. Um, and a lot of people have been linking that to perceived readiness problems in, in the services. But what you actually get when you look at this bill and this all of this legislation is they're not putting more funding in the accounts that would actually increase readiness. Those accounts are operations. Those accounts are support functions that would go to buying more flight time, would go to buying um, more maintenance on specific systems. Instead, Congress is choosing to acquire and procure more actual weapon systems. Um, so you're not seeing a ton in the ONS accounts, and you are seeing a ton of that increased flow into procurement. The Pentagon was apparently caught off guard by the president's uh, claim that the U.S. needs to be able to dominate in outer space, and there's nothing in here about the Space Force. Do you view that as a real proposal, or is that something that should have come from the Pentagon to begin with? Well, it's not necessarily a brand new proposal. I think a lot of um, people that are concerned about America's presence in space have been seeing that or feeling that um where it is currently being allocated underneath the Air Force. And then there are there are little bits and bobs of, of um, space priorities in the Navy and in um, the ground forces as well. But they didn't feel that space was adequately, adequately being prioritized. Um, and so there actually had been a couple of members of Congress put forward legislation to create things like a space corp um, that would be part of the Air Force but would prioritize space in a new way. And I think this administration just kind of took that to a whole next level um, in proposing a space force and kind of mandating to Mattis of, you know, go ahead and get this done. Uh, and I think a lot of people in D.C. are trying to figure out what exactly that means, how how fast he um, how fast the president is hoping to accomplish this. And, and really, what's what's the mission? What are the goals of the Space Force if we do decide to create it? And then beyond that, how do we adequately fund it? Um, so these are questions that will hopefully be sussed out in the future. But I think a lot of people, not just at the Pentagon, I think a lot of people were really thrown for a loop um, when the president took it to a whole next level by asking for a full Space Force. Carolyn Dormany is a foreign policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.